Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, good morning, gang, and welcome to New Southern Garden. Of course, I'm your gardening pal, Nathan Wilson, and I'm so glad, as always, that you've decided to join us. I tell you what, I don't know if you noticed, but here we are in a new month, the first, first of September, and it seems like... The ch- a change is in the air already. Just on the very first of September, a couple of days ago, I woke up and I thought, man, it almost feels like fall, didn't it? I don't know how it felt in your neck of the woods. But then, of course, on sa- a Friday, it was chilly again in the morning. Now, by the time 9 o'clock rolled around, it already felt like summer again. It's still summer. We're still in summer. And, of course, we're just waiting. We're just waiting for the, the, the change in the seasons, aren't we? That's the wonderful thing about being in a garden and growing a garden is the changes we get from season to season. Of course, in the winter time, we're all hoping that spring will come because it's cold, it's wet. We get that spring fever. We want to get outside, but it's just too nasty to. And then by the time we get through summer and we've boiled to death, sweated to death, we're all dried out. (laughs) We're just waiting for cooler days. And there's always something to do in the landscape. I've, you know, we, we, uh, of course, run this program all year long because there's always something we can be doing and should be doing. And sort of the signaling uh, that September's giving us, the signaling of a change in the seasons, I thought we would talk a bit today about growing a fall vegetable garden. Of course, several weeks ago, we talked about growing vegetables uh, in the summer, and I've shared with you my trials and some successes. (laughs) Oh, things got ahead of me. But... This is a new season. We're getting into a new season where we can do all kinds of new things and try new plants to grow. And vegetables is, is a wonderful thing to grow because you, you are able to, you know, when you reap your harvest, you, you, it comes with some pride. It comes with a sense of accomplishment, does it not? Now, of course, growing hydrangeas and roses and gardenias and things that are beautiful that we don't necessarily eat. Now, those are just as accomplishing, accomplishment, 
feeling? <laughs> they make us feel just as accomplished as vegetables, but there's something about growing your own vegetables. You bring them in the house, you're washing them, you're chopping them, you're cooking them, you're seasoning them, you're serving them to your family, you're serving them to your friends, or maybe giving things away to your neighbors. It's a different kind of thing than, of course, uh, maybe ornamental plants gives us of course we can we can take the ornamental plants we can uh harvest their flowers we can enjoy them in a vase uh, we can dry them so we can uh, in- enjoy those flowers for an extended period of time there's something about being able to taste it you know so being able to taste these vegetables after you've worked so hard to uh, produce them it is a wonderful thing it is a wonderful thing so today we are talking about that. We're going to talk about some vegetables that you can grow this time of year, uh, give you some tips for individual things. But I do uh, want to share with you what I'm calling the four essential things needed for great fall vegetables. These are four essential things you need to do uh, or need to provide your vegetable garden in the fall so you have a wonderful harvest and a wonderful crop. Maybe we'll just interweave those as we talk about a few vegetables because um, I do want to start off by talking about some of the plants that we call brassicas. The brassicas, that is a group of plants. It includes things like cabbage and kales and broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts. Now all of those brassicas are extremely, extremely closely related. They are almost identical except, well, genetically speaking uh, and also botanically speaking, they're identical except, of course, the way they look and what parts of the plant we're trying to harvest. You see, because this, this brassica group of plants, we've been, as humans, we've been growing them, breeding them, selecting Uh, these plants for thousands of years. And of course, the wild brassicas that you would find probably look nothing like what we grow in our gardens today. But those early plants were uh, selected and they were bred for different characteristics. So let's talk about some of those in this brassica group. The cabbage. The cabbages were bred for big, thick heads of uh, compacted leaves, all tight and bundled together. Well, the same plant, uh, the brassicas, they, they were also selected for flowers. And remember, you've got the broccoli and the cauliflower. With the broccoli and cauliflower, you are essentially eating uh, flower parts, not foliage parts. So with the cabbages and the kales, they were all bred for those wonderful um, uh, foliage. But then the broccolis and the cauliflowers were bred and selected over thousands of years to produce these Uh, sort of extravagant uh, flowers. And of course, there's a good difference, you know, between the broccoli and the cauliflower. Uh, But also, when you're working with broccoli and cauliflower, you are harvesting these flowers immature. You do not want your broccoli to open up uh, its flower and uh, harvest it then. You are looking to harvest a very immature flower bud. The tenderer, the better. The more tender it is, the better it is. And so um, think about Brussels sprouts too. That's in the same group we call the brassicas. But Brussels sprouts is this unusual thing. You really are eating leaves, but somewhere 
Uh, I think this was just a fluke. I think somewhere in the history of gardening, somebody found a plant in their garden that had the stalk and little, maybe one or two leaves on it, and they kept breeding that one and kept breeding it, and eventually you were able to produce this plant that sends up a stalk with a bunch of mini cabbages all along the stem, and that's what the Brussels sprout is. It's one of the strangest and most unusual things we don't we don't really think of it too often because Brussels sprouts, some people don't like them. I love them, actually. Didn't used to, but I learned to love them. And uh, some people don't even want to deal with them. But when you think about what that plant looks like, if you've never grown Brussels sprouts, maybe you can uh, take the tips we give you on today's show and go out and grow some this year. But it is a strange and unusual plant. And they're all, the cabbage, the kale, the broccoli, the cauliflower, the Brussels sprouts, they are all very closely related. In some cases, botanically speaking, they're identical. They have the same botanical name. It just depends on uh, the type of plant you want to grow and what you want to harvest from it. Do you want the immature flower? Do you want the foliage? That kind of thing. With that being said, there are some things you want to think about because when we're planting, say, these brassicas, the cabbages, uh, the kales and whatnot, we do have to kind of time it right. And I thought this weekend would be a good weekend to talk because you could have started to plant your fall crop a bit early on some things, uh, particularly, say, like the cabbage and the broccoli. Those could have all been started from seed uh, the 1st of August. But now, as we get into September, it's a good time to continue sowing seed or be on the lookout for cabbage plants, broccoli plants, etc. Um, in your local your, your local, what am I trying to say? Your nursery, your garden center. Don't know why I'm having trouble saying that. But regardless, cabbage, if you talk about these brassicas, it does take quite a long time. The soonest cabbage you might be able to harvest is about 70 days. However, it may take 120 for some varieties. Now, you've got to really do some research if you want a variety that's going to be ready to harvest sooner, or if you want to uh, a crop of cabbage that'll be ready to harvest later. Be sure you're picking varieties uh, that is, that's going to achieve your goals. So cabbage can take some time as far as the amount of time to uh, harvest for, for its maturity. Up to 120 days, that would be about four months. 30 days a month, about four months. But things like broccoli, it can be ready as soon as 60 to 80 days. 60 to 80 days, and about the same for cauliflower. And you can really continue uh, to plant those uh, through, through this month, at least through midway through this month. The trouble is we want to make sure the plants get in the ground while the ground is warm. Uh, it's still kind of hot, <laughs> but we can let these plants get their roots established, keep them well watered, and then that will push them, that will push them uh, into a winter with some strength. Right, they do need some bulking up of that root system to push through uh, the winter days. But of course, um, some people are into kale. You know, there's a lot of different ways that people are using kale these days. And kale is this uh, plant that's very leafy. Some there's some wonderful uh, ornamental kales which you can surely consume. But we call them ornamental because they may not just be green. They may have some reds and purples and and uh, whites in their leaves with some nice variegations. So kale is one of those plants that has been kind of trendy. There's plenty of health benefits with all of these brassicas. 
But regardless, kale is a, is about there with the um, with the broccolis. It takes about fifty to seventy days. Now, if you're harvesting kale for its foliage, remember you can pick a few leaves off each day, throw them in a salad, and let the plant continue to grow pretty much all winter long. Uh, most of our, our winters down here in zone 7-8, which we're uh, pushing into in some areas in northeast Georgia, zone 8, very mild winters we're having. And so these plants continue to grow. They like it cooler, uh, but it's not really terribly cold that it slows their growth down very much. Um, so keep that in mind, too. If you want to grow some of these plants, some of your garden vegetables for foliage, you can harvest individual leaves off of these kales. You could do the same with cabbage, but really with cabbage, it's all about getting that nice tight center head. So that's the brassicas, and um, we're getting close to a break, but after the break, I'll talk, come back to talking about a few more vegetables that I encourage people to grow over fall uh, and through winter, and some things that I love myself, and we'll talk some details. But I do want to talk about, again, four essential things that we need for fall vegetable gardens to make great vegetables. And the first thing we've got to talk about is organic matter. Be sure when you are planting, before you plant your fall vegetables, be sure to add lots and lots of organic matter uh, to your soil or your planting bed. At least add two inches, spread out a two-inch layer and incorporate that into the soil with organic matter. Now, what do you what do you mean by organic matter, Nathan, you're asking? Well, organic matter, uh, I refer to things like compost, manure, uh, it could be some, some mulch that you've had that's just decayed to nothing, or maybe you have had... Um, some straw, maybe your neighbor has hay or something and there's rotted hay. These kinds of things, any kind of leaf material, anything that is, is dying and rotting and turning brown, turning black, that is going to help enrich in your soil. And there are plenty of reasons why we would like to add organic matter to our garden soil. The, the main one being that it helps to hold on to water and the organic matter also helps the soil to hold on to nutrition. So with a high organic matter soil, you know, up here in the Piedmont, we've got a lot of red clay. But when that red clay starts turning brown and hopefully black, when it starts getting darker and darker, that means that you are really feeding your soil and that soil is going to have so many um, capabilities, I guess. <laughs> it's going to have this better capability of holding on to water holding on to moisture, holding on to nutrition that then your plants will be able to use to grow. This is a process, folks, that takes many years. Uh, it's nothing you can rush. But I do encourage you, before you plant, if you want great fall vegetables, before you plant, put that organic matter to the soil. When we get back, more about fall gardening and vegetables. Hey gang, do you sometimes feel like you are riding a lonely trail while gardening, all alone with no one to join in the fun? Well, join the new Southern Garden community today and find peace of mind by sharing your experiences, whether they be poor ones or successful ones. New Southern Garden is on Facebook and Instagram, so I'd love for you to friend, follow, like, share whatever it is we're doing these days. Also, you can check out our website at newsoutherngarden.com. 
where you can not only find every episode of the show ever, but you can also send us a question via our Contact Us page. It's never fun gardening alone, so get social with the new Southern Garden family and let's grow well. Eden Rose is encouraging you to give fall gardening a go. She wants you to get out there and grow some fall vegetables. And today we are talking everything fall vegetables. Uh, I, I like to take the month of September at some point to remind you uh, every year that you should be getting going with your fall vegetables. Now, you may not find a lot of transplants available at your local plant nurseries this weekend, but you very well will start to see them uh, sooner and sooner because this is a great time, the very first weekend of September. Happy Labor Day, by the way. We're coming up on that Monday. This is a great time to either continue sowing seed, if you like, or go ahead and start buying transplants from your local nurserymen and get them in your garden. Before the break, I gave you the first tip, the first tip, the first essential thing that is needed for great fall vegetables, and that was adding organic matter to the soil. Remember, when you add organic matter to the soil, it's a wonderful thing, beautiful thing. It, of course, helps the soil soil stay in place so you have less erosion. But from the plant's perspective, Having being able to tap into pockets of organic matter and organic matter that's already mixed and mushed together with soil, that is going to increase the plant's potential for intaking water because the organic matter holds on to water well and the organic matter also holds on to nutrition well so they can get their food from your soil. So every time you plant a, a fall vegetable garden, if you're using the same garden patch or area, be sure to be always incorporating that. Well, we will talk about the second, third, and fourth essential thing that's needed for great fall veggies, but you'll have to hang on tight because I do want to go to a plant uh, that you may want to consider growing. You may want to consider growing carrots in your vegetable garden because it's they don't mind the cool. Now, you could have been planting carrots um, from, say, January to March or so because they like that cool weather, but you can also get started at near the end of August and pushing into the middle or so of September. Uh, you can in a mild winter, probably keep going a little further than that. They don't need a lot of heat uh, like tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers. They do like it a bit cooler. Now, when it comes to carrots, there are bukus of varieties. Some of my favorite are the Chantonais, the Scarlet Nantes, uh, Thumbelina is a wonderful variety. Thumbelina is a tiny little, it's about as big as your thumb, which is how she gets her name. Uh, Sweet Delight, Sweet Bites, boy, the list goes on and on. Danvers Half Long, those are wonderful. But depending on the variety of carrots you're trying to grow, you may have, because again, with carrots, we're trying to grow the root. We are trying to harvest the root of the plant. So, We've got to make sure that we allow that carrot to grow and pour nutrition into the root, building that super fleshy tuber-like root that we want to eat. 
and it could take somewhere between 70 to 95 days. So some of these varieties, depending on like maybe the large imperator types, which are huge, they need a very deep soil because they'll probably be well over 12 inches long and at least two to three inches around. Uh, but if you want to go with some of the smaller types, you may not need as long of a uh, uh, growing period. But again, carrots can take 70 to 95 days. You can continue uh, to sow those as uh, long as you like, really, until it starts to get cool and they just can't uh, get germinated and get started. Uh, but definitely by the middle of this month and you'll be in good shape. Now, there's a couple of things we want to think about when we talk about carrots. First of all, we've already mentioned, but we are trying to grow the root. We're not going to consume the leaves, but they do need a lot of foliage in order to feed the root. So the, the better uh, the plant or the healthier and more nutrition-filled the plant is, then the stronger and faster the root system can develop, which, again, that's what we want to eat. Now, when you're sowing carrots, this is critical. Uh, you don't want to plant too deep. You don't want them to get so far below the soil. Uh, but we want to get our carrots down to a certain spacing. All right. We may plant them about a quarter inch below the soil. But eventually, we want the plants to be spaced out two to three inches apart. So you can sow your seed fairly densely. But just remember that when they start to pop out, start germinating, pushing out of the ground, you're probably going to want to thin your carrots. Now, because carrots do have a strong taproot, it's usually very difficult to thin out your carrots and save those seedlings. So what you may do is bring in a pair of snips or scissors, and every two or three inches, uh, leave one plant, snip out a few, go two or three inches further down the line, snip out a few, leave one every two or three inches, if that makes sense. Because if you sow your carrot seed densely and never thin, you will have some tiny, shrimpy little carrots. And of course, depending on the variety and type, that two or three inches may uh, be highly adjustable. If you've got an imperator type, you may try to have them six inches apart. But if you have the little thumbelinas, you could definitely keep those about two inches, uh, maybe a little tighter because they're pretty small, cute. Definitely check out that thumbelina carrot just online. Just, just Google it. It's, got, it's, it's a cute little carrot. Uh, let's see. So that's pretty much the essential things that we want to think about with carrots is spacing and, of course, not planting the seed too deep because carrot seeds are fairly small anyways. All right, that's everything about carrots that, that gets you started. The next thing we want to talk about is our second essential thing that is needed for great fall vegetable plants. We've already talked about adding organic matter to the soil. Well, now, folks, I would encourage you, after you've planted, after your plants have germinated, be sure to mulch your garden well. And I don't know how many times you've probably heard me say this, any kind of landscaping or vegetable gardening or orchard planting, whatever we're doing around our plants, we need to try to keep them mulched. Of course, mulch does a few things. Uh, it, it does keep the uh, weeds at bay. It helps to suppress weeds because you're putting a thick blanket of organic matter on top of the soil, whether it's pine straw or whether it's wood chips or pine bark or whatever you've got. Uh, that is helping to suppress light 
at the soil level, which helps to suppress weeds. It also helps to keep moisture in the soil. It helps to moderate the moisture in the soil. And a, a completely exposed soil can dry out really fast uh, or can actually wash away quickly in a heavy rain. So that mulch does help with erosion as well. Now the next thing, and these are probably, this is one of the most critical things for fall gardening, is a well-mulched garden, the, in a well-mulched garden, the mulch is going to help moderate the temperature of the soil. This is critical. Moderating the temperature of the soil is critical over winter. As a matter of fact, it's critical all, time of, all times of the year. In the summer, when we're mulching well, it's very hot. But keeping mulch on the ground will keep the soil cool. So you've got a hot air but a, war, a cool soil, which means cool roots. That means roots don't get too hot and roots don't have potential scorching problems. Now, in the winter, the opposite is true. The air temperatures, they drop. They stay very cool, starting in fall, pushing through winter. But the soil can remain quite warm. It can remain quite warm that in no time a well-mulched garden will produce the carrots we were talking about in no time because the ground stays warm. The root can grow quickly when the ground is warm. And of course, these plants we're talking about like cooler weather. So it's the best of both worlds for your plants. So again, these two, the first two essential things that we need for a great fall vegetable garden is going to be using organic matter in the soil to increase uh, the water holding capacity, the nutrient capacity, and secondly, Second thing we want to do for great fall vegetables, of course, is going to be um, mulching well. And again, doesn't really matter what you mulch with. You can use rotted compost. You can use rotted leaves. Uh, you can use uh, bagged mulches, the wood chips, the pine barks. You can use pine straw. You can use wheat straw or hay. Um, there are a couple of concerns with that, which I might be able to mention after this break, but you got to mulch well regardless. Keep things mulched well. Well, when we get back, more fall vegetable gardens, uh, plants, and all things veggies. Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is on the air. Your host, Nathan Wilson, with Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, is excited about providing information every gardener and non-gardener, homeowner, and apartment dweller can use. From vegetables to containers and compost to pruning shears, Nathan Wilson's new Southern Garden Show is here for you. Now here's Nathan. Well, gang, welcome back to the second half of today's program here on New Southern Garden. We are talking everything fall veggies. Already we've talked about cabbages and kales and broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and we talked about carrots. And throughout the program today, I am giving you four essential things that are needed for great fall veggies. So be sure to hang on with us through the rest of the program, and uh, you'll collect all four things. We've already given away two. <laughs> so we've got a lot to talk about. Before the break, we were talking about the second essential thing we need for great fall veggies, 
And I mentioned that was mulching well, mulching your garden well. Now, not uh, we all, we we all pretty much are mulching our roses and our gardenias and our hydrangeas, all those ornamental beds. We're mulching them, but we don't always think about mulching our vegetable garden. But there are so many benefits to mulching. And if you've missed any part of this program, you can check it out online at NewSouthernGarden.com to find out why. Uh, after the program today, you'll be able to listen back and find out why mulching is so important for vegetables. But I did mention that you can use hay. You know, guys who are uh, guys and girls, farmers who are growing cattle uh, in our area and community, they tend to to grow hay for their animals and you can purchase this hay if you've got a friend you might not have to buy it but hay is a great mulch can be a great mulch but I mentioned before the break there can be a concern with using hay and it can be somewhat detrimental when you use hay you want to make sure that you're using hay that was not sprayed with a broadleaf herbicide. Now, Grazon is a herbicide that farmers, particularly folks growing hay or some kind of grass crop, grassy crop, they will spray this on their fields. It's, it does a great job keeping out terrible weeds like thistle and curly dock and, and whatnot. But the trouble with Grazon is that it lasts, it lingers for a while within the within the grass plant the hay plant doesn't kill it but it hangs around it stays with the grass and even if you are getting manure from a uh, uh, maybe a horse person uh, somebody an equestrian who is who is growing horses or boarding horses horses uh, or if you're getting manure from uh, cattle sources be sure that the food they're eating has not been treated with grazon because the trouble is uh, even the manure so it's in the grass that they eat, and then the grass that's in their stomach gets pushed out, as all things do. It comes out the end, right? <laughs> and even in their manure, you can find traces of grazon. It does not break down in the gut of the animal. It just continues through their gut back in uh, to the system on the farm. So when you are, if you are using hay, which is a wonderful mulch for a vegetable garden because it breaks down quickly. So by the end of the season, you can till it under and it just incorporates as rotted organic matter. Uh, but it does a great job of keeping uh, one season well mulched. Uh, so be sure though, that if you go after hay, you talk with the source, whoever you're getting it from, ask them if they use Grazon or if they use certain chemistries on their uh, hay, which you need to research and see if it might be safe uh, for your broadleaf vegetables like cabbage, like carrots, like these wonderful things that we are talking about. So that is just a note when it comes to mulching with hay. Be sure it's clean and free of broadleaf herbicides. Now, before we get into our third and fourth essential thing that's needed for great fall veggies, I do want to turn our attention to a couple of other root crops. Now, we've already talked about carrots. Remember, when we're talking about um, vegetables, vegetable gardens, we're usually eating either the shoot, the root, or the fruit. 
Those are the three things that we consume when it comes to vegetable gardening. The trouble is, we don't eat many of the fruits of a plant in the fall. We usually eat roots and shoots, and of course, shoots would be the leaves. So cabbage, we're eating the shoot. Uh, broccoli, yeah, it's the flower, so we could almost call that a fruit. It's not really the fruit. Uh, tomato is an example of a fruit we're eating. But regardless, we're trying to either grow shoots, we're trying to grow roots, or we're trying to grow fruits in our vegetable garden. And so some of the most other popular roots that we grow other than carrots, are radishes and beets. Radishes and beets. Now, I'm going to say something before I go further. (laughs) When you're deciding what to grow in your vegetable garden, be sure that you are choosing things that you will eat. If you don't know what to grow, think about what you will eat, and that will always lead, guide, and direct you to what you should be growing. If you're not going to eat it or you don't like the way it tastes, don't grow it. And I will confess, this is where this all is going. I don't like beets. I don't like beets. I don't like the way they taste. Yeah, they're sweet, and I know back in the day, uh, well, and still, things are sweetened with beets. But if it's got that beety, rooty taste, i just not a big fan. I might grow them just because they're pretty and they're fun to pull out of the ground uh, whenever they're ready to harvest. That part is is fun. Uh, Maybe you can grow some of these things you don't eat just to expose your children or grandchildren uh, to certain things in the landscape or the garden. But regardless, be sure that you're growing things that you will eat or someone who you're growing them for will eat. That is the way I always encourage people to pick out what vegetables to grow. The reason I want to talk about radish... um, and beets is that they're fairly quick to turn over. You can have several crops uh, and, and you can have them pretty fast. Radish, for instance, is probably the quickest. It is probably the quickest plant, uh, vegetable plant uh, for, for harvesting. It only takes, depending on variety, 25 to 30 days. A month, a month's time is a good, is a good uh, goal to shoot for when you're going to harvest radish after planting now of course there's several different kinds scarlet globe and cherry bell cherry bell is always a winner it's a solid red uh, radish of course these radishes they're used in salads and cooking and roasting i don't mind a a roasted radish uh, but they got that spicy you know that spicy flavor so it's a little exciting in the kitchen too but you can continue uh, you really you can start this weekend it's a great weekend the first of september or so to start radishes, and you can continue to grow those uh, into about the middle of October. Now, at some point, it may be very cold. Uh, If it gets very cold, you may not be able uh, to sow these from seed anymore until it gets warmer in about January. But I will say that um, we're going to talk about an essential thing needed for great fall veggies. The last tip uh, will be coming up shortly. And that last tip is going to expose how you can grow some of these even longer. Some of these vegetables can be extended. The growing can be extended by doing just a simple thing for your vegetable garden. So be sure to hang on 
uh, for us to get to that. Now, the beets. Beets take a little longer. Of course, they're bigger than radishes. Radishes are fairly small. Some are larger than others. Uh, but beets are about the size, could be about the size of a baseball or so. So they need a little more time, but not much. 55 to 65 days. So two months. If radishes are ready in one month, then beets can be ready in about two months. And of course, uh, you could have probably started those a little earlier, but continue planting beet seeds uh, through September, and you should be in good shape. The The main thing we need to think about when it comes to growing beets is similar to carrots. Uh, so radishes and beets, beets also need to be spaced well. They need to be spaced well. Because if you've got a crowded row of beets or radishes or carrots, just a reminder, if they're crowded, then they're not going to grow to their full potential, and you'll have some puny and maybe odd-shaped beets and radishes because they're pushing against each other, just too crowded. So be sure to properly thin. Now with beets, you may push that to three or four inches. Uh, two inches may be enough for many varieties, uh, but when it comes to radishes, probably just an inch or two because radishes are much smaller. So keep all that in mind when you're growing root crops that you want to make sure that they're spaced well. And you've got plenty of time to continue to plant these plants because they're very tough. They can, they can handle quite cool weather, particularly the beets, the, uh, definitely the beets. So let's go look at our next essential thing that is needed for growing great fall veggies. We've talked about adding organic matter to the soil. We've talked about mulching well. And now we want to be sure that we're providing plenty of nutrients. When we talk about our fall vegetables, I've already stressed the fact that we're usually growing something either for its leaves to consume and eat, or we're growing a plant for its root to consume and eat. In either case, most of these vegetables we've talked about are fairly heavy feeders, particularly those brassicas, the broccoli the cabbage, the kales, all of that green growth, all of that green leaves, those green foliage, all of that has to be produced. And the more that it's produced, uh, say for carrots, the more green growth you have, the bigger the root you'll have. We've already mentioned that. But if you want a strong head of cabbage, if you want a, a strong um, uh, stalk of Brussels sprouts, which is full of foliage, we got to make sure we're giving them plenty of nutrients. When we say certain plants are heavy feeders, what we mean is these plants, heavy feeding plants, they need a lot of nitrogen because it's the nitrogen in your fertilizer product, whether it's a pellet or a liquid or whatever you're using, organic, inorganic, um, conventional, I should say, conventional fertilizers. Uh, no matter what you're using, the nitrogen in it is there to help the plant grow more leaves grow more shoots uh, in the ornamental world stems and leaves it's all produced with copious amounts of nitrogen so with that in mind with some of these crops that need extra nutrition you want to make sure they've got plenty of food it is difficult i will say to over fertilize something to overfeed something uh, if we underfeed them, those plants will not perform. But if we overfeed them by just a bit, then they will have everything they need to grow, and anything they don't need 
is just washed down to the next area, the next plant. Uh, maybe your vegetable garden washes into the lawn. Uh, maybe it washes into your perennial and your uh, shrub borders. Well, that extra nutrition that the vegetable garden didn't need is going to go and feed something else. Now, we don't want to over-fertilize to the point where it's infiltrating our streamways and waterways because we don't want phosphates and whatnot in our waterways. Uh, but with that in mind, be sure that we are providing plenty of nutrients. When it comes to nutrition, a well-balanced, slow-release fertilizer, usually sent off as a pellet. Uh, if you have a pellet granule fertilizer, make sure it's a slow release so it lasts for some time. Of course, at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week, we've got a slow release fertilizer that lasts 90 days. So that's going to definitely feed most of these vegetable plants by the time they're ready to be harvested. So with that in mind, it's got to be slow release. And well-balanced means it's got a little bit of everything a plant needs. After you've added your organic matter and then you fertilize, that fertilizer is going to get held on to the soil with that wonderful organic matter, uh, soil amendment that you've added. So you're going to feed your plants well. When we get back from this break, we're going to talk about more fall veggies and my last and final essential thing needed for great fall veggies. Hang on tight. Hey gang, it's Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the New Southern Garden Podcast. Of course, I love providing you with horticultural information to get you growing and growing well. But sometimes you need more than just information. You need plants. So I'd love for you to join me at Lanier Nursery and Gardens in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where you can find me throughout the week. But you can find more than just me, of course. At Lanier Nursery and Gardens, you can browse through our wide selection of ornamental trees, glorious shrubs, and colorful perennials and annuals. And I want to thank all our listeners who have already made the trek to Lanier Nursery. It's been a pleasure to meet you and hear your gardening stories. We've got a wonderful crew of folks who are just itching to help you grow your best garden ever. So check out LanierNurseryGardens.com for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Now let's get growing together. Gang, growing fall vegetables is actually, well, I don't know. Let me put it this way. Growing fall vegetables might be a little less complicated and might be a little more enjoyable than growing summer vegetables, and I'll tell you why. First of all, because it's fall gardening, it's cooler. I tell you, trying to, to uh, weed and, and, and hoe the garden this summer in between tomatoes and in between beans and all these things. It was just brutal. It's been brutal. Sweating all the time. I think that uh, my garden has not gone through a drought yet because my sweat, my sweat has moistened the soil so much. But in the fall, it's cooler, so it's easier for us. Another thing is, even though we do have winter and fall cool season weeds, they're not nearly as uh, flamboyant. They're not nearly as as massive some of the weeds of course like crabgrass in the summer it's just terrible it's hard to keep out if you miss a day if you go on vacation uh, and you have crab a few pieces of crabgrass growing by the time your vacation's over in the summer you get back and your whole garden is full of crabgrass well things like hairy bittercress and chickweed and uh, henbit these things will grow in your vegetable garden most likely over winter they're cool season weeds but they're not nearly as uh, unfriendly 
I mean, they're unfriendly, but not as unfriendly, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, before the break, we were talking about some more root crops. We talked about growing beets and growing radishes and how quick, particularly, the radishes are. Only takes about 30 days. You can be harvesting radishes this time next month if you, <laughs> if you sowed them today. Um, and we also talked about our third essential thing that's needed for great fall veggies, of course, that was providing plenty of nutrients. Number one, we wanted to make sure we add organic matter to the soil anytime we have, anytime we're going to replant a vegetable garden, whatever season it is, it's a great idea to replenish the organic matter in the soil and uh, work that in very well. Number two, after we use organic matter, we want to mulch well. Mulch well helps to keep the soil warm over winter, uh, which is increasing plant growth in your vegetable gardens. And of course, it does a lot of other things that we've already talked about. But then we were talking about providing plenty of nutrients. And uh, before we uh, leave today, we will talk about the fourth essential thing that is needed for great fall veggies. Before we do that, I want to talk about one more crop that you can grow. It's easy, it's simple, and yet some people just get it completely wrong and they have poor success. Now, you've got about the rest of this month for sure. You may have a few more weeks if October is not too chilly. But you can sow your own lettuce in your vegetable garden, and you can have wonderful fresh salads uh, for a very long time. Now, remember, just like all these other plants, <laughs> there are so many varieties, so many types. So when it comes to lettuce, we have heads of lettuce, like you know, the traditional iceberg lettuce you might find in the grocery store. We have uh, heads like romaine lettuce, right? Then we have loose leaf lettuce, uh, lettuce that is, is usually harvested leaf at a time. The head lettuces, we usually let them grow and mature to a certain size, and we harvest the whole plant. But then some lettuces are harvested, like I said, a leaf at a time that extends their growing period, and it uh, reduces the amount of re-sowing you have to do you know if you want to keep a steady stream of romaine lettuce once you harvest one you better have one behind it getting ready to grow right but with leaf lettuces you can harvest them a piece at a time now you can harvest romaine lettuce any of the head lettuces a piece at a time um, but that's up to you but the lettuce the biggest thing is uh, well let's start here they take depending on variety they may take 60 to 85 days to harvest. Some of the bigger head lettuces may be on the push of three months, which seems like a long time. Uh, but with the leaf lettuce, you can almost be picking a few weeks after they really get going. So keep, keep that in mind, too. Now, some folks will ask me about growing lettuce, and they'll say, I've never had success. Uh, I sowed them. I didn't do it. I said, well... How did you sow them? That's the very first thing I ask folks when we talk about growing lettuce is how did you sow it? And nine out of 10 times, 90% of the time, the individual tells me that they sowed it fairly deeply. They sowed the seed fairly deeply. And if you've been following New Southern Garden for a year or two at least, uh, out of the four years we've been going, you may have heard me say, that we need to sow lettuce very shallowly. As a matter of fact, if you can sprinkle the lettuce seed on top of the soil, on top of your uh, potting mix, if you're growing it in a container or in little plugs, sow it on top of that soil 
and just press it firmly down. You don't necessarily have to worry about dusting it and covering it up. You want to make sure that it stays moist. But here's the trick. It also, other than staying moist, it also needs to, to have access to sunlight. Because the sunlight is going to be essential for lettuce seed to germinate. If you sow your lettuce too deeply and the light can't penetrate through the soil to hit it, then you will have very poor germination. So it is better in most all cases to sprinkle your lettuce seed on top of the soil, firm it in with your hand or with with something to press down it, press it into the soil, and then uh, sprinkle your water, uh, water it in well. You don't want to bury lettuce too deep. And if you've had problems with that before, it may be because you sowed it too deep. So lettuce is easy, simple, and within maybe two months, you should be having uh, most lettuces ready to go, maybe three on some varieties. All right, let's summarize our four essential things needed for great fall veggies, and I'll give you the last one right now. So, of course, the first thing you need with a great fall veggies is add organic matter to the soil. The second thing is mulch well. The third thing is to provide plenty of nutrients. And the fourth thing, if you want great fall veggies, is to cover them. Cover them on very cold days, or particularly nights, I should say. You see, the thing is, as we transition into fall, like right now, the nights are warm, the days are warm, but eventually the days will be getting cool and the nights might be downright cold by the time we get three months from now. So with that in mind, you can uh, construct essentially what we call a cold frame. Now, a cold frame is nothing more than maybe a hoop made out of PVC pipe draped in clear plastic. Or white plastic. Uh, You don't want to necessarily use black plastic, but you need light to be able to penetrate. So thick black plastic doesn't work. But white or clear plastic can trap the heat from the soil and, of course, from the sun during the day. And it can keep your plants warmer for longer through the night. Now, that is critical because that is going to speed uh, growth along. If you are using a cold frame or some kind of clutch to uh, trap heat in during the nighttime, then you will be able to grow pretty much any of these vegetables, plus many others that we didn't have time for, all winter long. If you want to get down really technical and expensive, you can build a small cold frame that you walk in and through. But otherwise, these could be very small structures that are only knee high or so, only as as tall as the crops you're going to grow. Well, gang, it's time to get going with our fall vegetables. It is time. It's the 1st of September, uh, first weekend of the month, and we've got all month to really get going and get growing. So... Add your organic matter, mulch well, provide plenty of nutrients, cover on cold nights, and sure enough, give it a go. if you give it a go, like Eden Rose says, you'll do great. For WRWH and New Southern Garden, I'm Nathan Wilson, hoping you stay well and grow well. See you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for this edition of Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show. If you have a comment about today's program, you can reach out to Nathan by sending an email to grow at LanierNurseryGardens.com. Also get more information at NewSouthernGarden.com. Join us next Saturday on Local News Radio 93.9 FM and AM 1350 for Nathan Wilson's New Southern Garden Show.